Any Navajos in here? All the Navajos left was we want them Navajos back. And then she don't have a Bible study going on in their house. 
That's another dentist. And Michael, these two Chicanos that are real tough guys, they come over, and their new brothers and sisters start coming over. They see, you know, we had like about 30 people doing a Bible study. We had more in the Bible study than we had in the church. And then uh, we began to go to church, man. These guys, man, you know, they all had long hair. They all they're just doing a, a same bone in any of these guys. All of a sudden, they're in church. They're meeting the pastor. And they're all going to the altar and start to pray. And things are happening. And they're clicking in South Phoenix, man. And, and people are getting saved. You know, people believed more about me than I believed in myself. And I believe there's people sitting right now under the sound of my voice. That you don't believe very much about your testimony. You don't know how mighty that thing is. You don't know how powerful, how vibrant, how able you are even to get your friends, your neighbors together and tell them about Jesus and begin to win them over. You don't know that. You don't believe that. We just don't believe it. We live not depending that God, not trusting that God's going to do it. Me? You know, I was just telling this brother right here, I say, you know what, you can just call me Danny. Not, you know, I would be calling Evangelist Danny. And I'm not a pastor right now. I was a pastor for 13 years, but right now I'm just evangelist. And, and you know, just call me Danny. You know what I am? I'm a dang good concrete worker. I am good at concrete. You know, you know, we, we like to believe that after a year we might master this book. We can't master this book. Oh, man, all these words, man. You know, God's not expecting you to know all this book. He's just expecting you to know maybe one or two things. Let's go to one or two things right now, okay? John 10. John 10, 10. Who knows what that is? That's a bad scripture, man. That scripture, man, boom, man. The guy gets out of the pen, man, you can just walk up to him. Hey, man, you know what John 10 says? He looks at you like, you know, like, I can wait to see you. John 10 says that the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come to be my life and that more abundant. But you see, the real high is in the Son of God. It's in an abundant high. Abundantly. He says, that you might have
church in Jerusalem. You know, that's what it says in the book of Acts. It says, and the, and the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem. You know, it was first just Peter, James, and John, and the, you know, Thomas and these other ones. And the next thing you know, the disciples began to multiply. And all of a sudden there's this guy named Paul there. His name was Saul, but his Greek name was Paul. And that guy ends up writing a third of the whole New Testament. Now, needless to say, you know, Paul hated Christians. We all know that Paul hated Christians. Boy, well, that guy, man, he thought it was his responsibility to kill them, to, to take them up, to take them to jail, to, to treat them bad, to whip them. Yet, God saved him. And he ends up writing a third of the Bible of the New Testament. That's super nice. That's miraculous. That means that there's nobody out there bad enough to where God will look at them and say, No, he doesn't comprehend. He's too bad. Everybody deserves a chance. Everybody deserves a chance to get saved. And they can't get saved. And if you, don't, if you don't know what to say about this sermon, when you go home, they say, what the preacher say? You know what he said? He said, you can get saved.
John 3.16. We misrepresent God. We think that Jesus wasn't cool. Jesus was cool. Let's go to John 8.44. What does he say, John 8.44? He's talking to the He's talking to the shepherds of Israel. These are the shepherds of Israel. Alright? By the way, this sermon is about shepherds. He tells them this. You are of your father, the devil. And the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and both not in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he speaks, he speaketh a lie. He speaketh of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. He's telling you guys are liars, you guys are, are, are of your father, the devil. He's talking to the shepherds of Israel. Both Pharisees were mad, may I? How could he tell them? You're of your father, the devil. And the works of the, your father you want to do. You want to kill me, you want to murder me. You know, by the time we get to John 10 10, there were three attempts. Three attempts to murder Jesus. Right, right in the, at the end of this chapter, Look at the end of chapter 8. What happened there, huh? At the end of chapter 8, it says, verse 59, they took up stones to cast at him. They wanted to stone Jesus and kill him. So he's talking to the, the leaders, which are called the shepherds. You know the word pastor? It means shepherd. That's what it means. It means a sheep And there was this guy named David in the Bible in the Old Testament. And he wrote this psalm in Psalm 23 and it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk. So he understood that he was a sheep and God was a shepherd. How many sheep are in this place? How many God's sheep? You can't say amen, say bad.
but the, the, the footprints in the sand, the footprints in the sand, then they're gone and they say, Lord, what happened to me right here? You, you disappeared. There was no this way. Here we go. Then all of a sudden, have you heard of footprints in the sand? All of a sudden, there's a big footprint.
You see, what happens when we depend on God, we begin to depend on God. God can move on our behalf. And we begin to speak the truth and speak in faith and believe God that he's going to save, that he's going to heal, that he's going to help these people that we're witnessing to. And you know, God, uh, he wants to begin to move on your behalf. Amen. Here's these people, these bad Pharisees. God could depend on these Pharisees. You know, for what? To kill the Son of God. He, said, he knew that, you know, Jesus, he prayed for Jerusalem. He says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, that killeth the prophets. That killed the prophet Jerusalem? Wait, 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 wait. Is this the holy city? No, no, Jerusalem that kills the prophets and stones those that are sent to you. And Jerusalem was faithful to murder the Son of God and hang him on the cross. You know, he had a plan all along. He was going to reverse that thing on him. And they kill him. He's going to pray for them. They give him a And die for their sin. Instead of forgiven and have mercy on them and deliver them from their sins. That was his strategy, is to let all the evil, all the demons in hell fall on him. And then pop like a hawk, you know. And kick devil butt. That's what he did. You, you don't think all the demons in hell wanted to come and see the Son of God being murdered? From all over the world, the demons came to have a party and to kill. You know, that's why it became dark for three hours. For three hours, it became dark and Jesus was hanging on the cross. And the Roman soldiers that were that were that did the crucifixion, they got saved and said, "Of a truth, this is the Son of God." Man, miracles were happening. You know, the earth shook. There was an earthquake. It became dark in that place. It don't become dark in the middle of the day. But it became dark in the middle of the day. See, miracles were going on because our shepherd, Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, was being murdered. And little did they know, you know, that it was a surprise away. Because in three days he came walking in through the city with nail holes in his hands, and he proved the doubting tongue in the resurrection. What a glorious thing. You see, our Savior, man, he has it going on. And he's worth following. And David, that's why David, you know, you know the Bible says that David was a, was a man after God's own heart. And so he writes, the Lord is my shepherd. I shout out, I don't need nothing. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He, he leadeth me. Besides, you know what still waters represents? It, re it represents the Spirit of God. You know, when sheep have water, man, they will lay down and be You know, I, when I first went to the reservation, you know, we, we had like about 50 sheep, and we went over to a water hole, you know, and uh, and, and even the guy that I was with his kid, named David Dixon, and he reached out and he makes the water with his sheep. Can you imagine that? He's drinking the same water the sheep are drinking. That's why the sheep love him, because he drinks with them. I don't think he eats with them. <laughs> but you see, God is looking for people that he can 
know what, man? When you, when you have that, you can't lose. You can't lose in the stuff you use. The Bible says he keeps you on the path of righteousness. He restores your soul. Glory to God. Look at this. Verse 14. John 10, 14. It says, At the Father, I mean, I am the good shepherd, and I am known, my sheep know me, and I am known of mine. You know what? My sheep know who I am. Glory to God. Another thing that says, I give them eternal life. And none can drop them out of my hand. He's hanging on to you. Are you hanging on to you? With all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. That's where the living God. Amen. Like depending on you. Relying on getting up in the morning and saying, God, you need to do something. You know, God will begin to if you pray, God will begin to give you people and their people. Able to look at this. You know what I pray for you? I have to pray for this. The Spirit of God woke me up at night. That's powerful. Amen. That's my God right there. He will abundantly, He will abundantly save you. He will make your name great. He will enlarge you and make you. Amen.